Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And welcome to Dice Roll, the queerest Pathfinder podcast on the planet, where you ask the hard questions like, "What are the effects of a tent-level pride parade ritual?" Everyone in the immediate area of uh, fifty miles becomes gay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's actually true. Or trans. Or trans. There are going to be some of you that get all of the above. Yeah. Some people. Some people won't think that it's worked. Some people only yeah. get one, some people get five. Some people will be like under the effects and they'll be like, well, I'm still assistant straight. And that's where they're wrong, but it'll take them a little while to get there. That's you may true. not realize it first, but those gay thoughts yeah. will come to you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't catch me, gay thoughts. <laughs> you guys remember that meme? Actually, you know what? Uh, I'm going to ask each of you, do you guys remember the first time you encountered something gay? Because I do. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh... I want you to know that the first time I ever encountered something gay online, uh, I used to, f- like, frequent the Bulbapedia forums, like, you know, for Pokemon. And um, I was maybe, like, 12 years old, and there was a user, and her username was uh, Lesbian Torterra, and her icon was a Torterra sprite from, like, Diamond and Pearl that had been uh, recolored to be a gay flag. And I remember as a child being like, Torterra can't be a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Lesbian Torterra, if you're out there, I hope you know that you literally changed my life. <laughs> if you're out there, you changed something in Derry, and you yeah. should know. Um, I can't remember the first thing I ever saw that was gay on the internet. It was probably... I'll be real with you. It's probably some yaoi. Um, but the first, <laughs> oh. the first like gay experience that I ever had was just being gay and liking girls as a little child. Because <laughs> I straight up just thought that was normal, and I I liked both boys and girls. I think that's so fucking funny to me. When you told me that for the first time, I was like, "How the hell did you skip all of the guilt, and <laughs> all of the everything?" I've and never just had assumed anything. that it was totally normal. I I just really was- liked them, and I thought that that was a thing that everyone went through. My first experience with gay stuff on, like, outside of my own family was, um, Yowie. It was... I love Yowie. It was... I, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure it was, like, Italian Yowie or something. Oh <laughs> it was, like, it was, like, 20... It was, like, 2010. <laughs> okay? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, my first experience was, uh, my aunt on my dad's side, uh, she was a lesbian, and 
she's my like one of my favorite aunts like one of my favorite relatives honestly my brother and i spent a lot of time with her and we're always excited when she was around uh great aunt love her to pieces you get to have a lesbian aunt yeah. Fuck you, KK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I hung out with her a lot, so that explains a lot about me, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was literally thinking, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, experience online, most likely yaoi. You know what? That's actually really funny. All three of you were exposed to gay yaoi. Meanwhile, I had a pure and righteous encounter with gay Torterra, and I was never the same. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny. Okay. Um, would we like to play some Pathfinder? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, previously in Fists of the Ruby Phoenix, our heroes explored the mysteries of the Yokai Night Market, a strange dreamland within which they found many, many merchants of all sorts of unusual sizes and shapes selling their bizarre wares. After going on a shopping spree like no other, the Radiant Winds woke up from this dream and continued their search for the rest of the Concha of the Deep Fragments. They came across a lake with a hill in the middle of it, atop which a strange tree with stranger fruit grew. After cutting down this cursed tree, they found that the hill was no hill but a spirit tortoise. A spirit tortoise which evidently is the guardian of one baby Moku, the son of King Mogaru, the kaiju that attacked Goka. And atop his head, he is wearing a Concha of the Deep Fragments, like a little hat. He's just a baby. <laughs> so I'm going to drop all of you in character right now because I don't think there's any way you can prepare for it any further. You all stand in a clearing with a lake and a giant spirit tortoise looking down on you. And that's not even the strange part. And right there you see Prince Moku, the son of King Mogaru, a giant dinosaur baby about the size of an elephant uh, with big wide eyes, blunt teeth, pinkish red scales rows of spikes down his back and two tails and every once in a while when he gets very excited he'll shoot out a little gush of blob of red lasers into the air as he's kind of like stomping around he's just full of life and vigor and i want to ask you all how the hell are you all doing <laughs> great fantastic even senku can't lie he thinks that moku's really fucking cute uh, as you're looking at him, Sanku, he trips over something and he kind of like flails a bit on the ground before getting back up. Sanku nearly starts crying. <laughs> I think Masami has the urge to pet Moku, but is like, that is a baby kaiju. I think that thing can still fuck me up. Um, yeah. I don't want to provoke it, but at the same time, it's baby. <laughs> um, certainly, as you're all kind of staring at Moku, um, the spirit tortoise uh, cranes his neck very slowly and looks down at all of you and says, um, Oh, you are all familiar with little Moku's father, then. Wonderful. Uh, Moku kind of, like, flicks his tongue in the air and tastes the air a little bit. And um, I, I think he's like, starts approaching you, Masami. Uh. Oh. Nip, nip. <laughs> Is he licking Masami? No, at the moment he's just like tasting the air. Oh, uh, uh hi, he's gonna eat little, you. little guy. Um, like fucking. He lets out a chirp, and now he licks you. Yeah. Okay. Huh. <laughs> Thank you. Moku seems to approve. He kind of like um does a little dance. He like hops from one leg to the other, uh, and he like lets out a few like squeaks and like chirps. Um, I remind you, this guy is four times your size. 
terrifying. Can can Masami like pet him a little bit? Would you like to try? I kind of want to try. <laughs> Masami, would you like to roll me a nature check? Oh gosh. I think yeah, I okay. think a nature check is what you'll do. Um he's a baby so his DC might not be very high, but yeah, nature please. Okay. Can't wait to, to roll, roll a reflex save immediately afterwards. Oh shit, you got untrained improvisation. You're actually like really instinctually good at this. <laughs> um, Masami, you carefully reach a hand forward and pet Moku on the head. And um, he leans back into your touch. He enjoys it. He lets out another few like squeaks and chirps and he nuzzles against you. Oh. oh okay, okay. Uh, Should have seen that one coming. Thank you, Moku. Uh, Lolo's on your shoulder, Sanku, and he says, um, So, is this the spawn of King Mogaru? I think so. Then I was right. I told you all it was the egg of a dinosaur back on Danger Island. He's a deep-sea dinosaur born on Danger Island. Perhaps he swam to the next island over with a spirit tortoise, and maybe Sindara picked him up by accident, was able to use him to manipulate Mogaru. I can't say for sure. Companions, what do you think of all of this? This is a lot. It sure is. Um, the spirit tortoise slowly drops his head towards you, uh, Chuji, and he says, Don't worry, Sanku. I've been doing an exceptionally good job of taking care of little Moku. At least until I was put to sleep. Thank you for taking care of him. No problem, Chuji. That's uh, I'm Chuji. He just kind of blinks one eye at a time. It's fine. <laughs> Regardless, um, um, as you stand here, you do like see a top Moku's head is a conscious of the deep fragment. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Chuji leans over and they're like, "Is it gonna hurt if we take it out?" Um, I think he's just wearing it. Do you th- think we could ask just if we could take it? I'm sure you won't miss it. <laughs> um, I think Masami turns to the spirit turtle and says, So that fragment on Moku's head. Oh, yes, that's Moku's shiny. He took it from the nymph after I bit her in half. It's a reward for being so brave. Oh, um, we need that. Well, I'm sure if you ask nicely, Moku would be very happy to share with his friends. Um, Sami looks back to Moku. Moku's rolling around in the mud. Oh. Moku. Uh, he immediately like kind of rolls up and sits up and looks at you and chirps. He's paying attention. Um, Miss and Misami points to like the top of their head. That toy you have. May we borrow it? Moku's eyes uh, follow where you're pointing, and he sees that you're pointing at his crown, and he lets out a <laughs> and he kind of like stumbles back a little bit, shaking his head. <sighs> What if they turn back to Chuji and Senku? 
What if we try to give him something in return as like a... What, do you just have kaiju treats with you? Not kaiju treats, but just a toy like that. Something that he can just keep on his head. Do you carry kaiju toys with you? No, mm. but like something that we might have. Uh... Let me look through my bag. I only have deadly weapons and... We're not giving Moku a deadly weapon. We're, we don't need to give a baby kaiju a, a weapon. I think that's just not a good idea. As you're saying this, uh, Moku sees the butterfly, starts chasing it, and then accidentally incinerates it with a laser threat attack. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think I think they are the weapon. Yeah. Mm. Potions, rations, the instant fortress. I think my Jade Serpent would not appreciate being a toy for kaiju um most of my stuff is is actually important like wands and grimoires and rings for stuff like that yeah Mm. and so is mine uh i wish there was like a i think i wish we had like a giant like clamshell or something lola do you have any idea hmm I think Lolo kind of like looks around and his eyes fall on you, Chuji, and says, What about you, Chuji? Perhaps you could give one of your talismans as a new shiny for Moku. You can't chew on my talismans. Well, then I'm afraid that we shall simply have to forego this Contra the Deep Fragment, he says, making big uh, wet eyes I... at you. What you... <sighs> you want me to give him like a... I don't know. I... Did they like root through like their fucking belt? I don't, none of these are really toyish. Neither is a fragment of a seashell. Oh my god, whatever. Uh, a feather? The fucking beliefs feather? <laughs> okay. Um, Chiji, you pull out this long red feather that seems to like catch fire every once in a while when you move it too fast. Um, and as soon as you do, Moku's head like turns and looks at you and then stomp, stomp, stomp. And now suddenly looming over you is like a giant baby dinosaur with its eyes wide, its mouth open a little bit, tongue out, and it's just panting a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Good monster. Do you, you want it? You want it? He kind of reaches forward with his stubby little arms. Ah, 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 ah. Give me the conch. And they like make hands towards the, the thing. He looks a little conflicted for a second because he likes the shiny, but this is the glowy. The feather glows. (laughs) It does glow. (laughs) Um, I think he tries to grab it one more time. And when you pull that feather back, he makes a little noise and then he shakes his head really, really, really hard. um, And it knocks the conch off and he makes more grabby hands. His eyes wide. He wants it. They, they They give them the feather. Uh, Moku takes the feather and immediately you've never seen a more delighted dinosaur. He is waving that feather around and like flapping his hands. Um, he is having a great time. <laughs> he's stimming. Yeah, he's stimming. He falls onto his back and starts kicking his legs as he waves the feather. He's just a big baby. He is. He's got his tummy up because he trusts you guys. Oh. Do, do you want to slap his tummy? Do you want to slap his tummy? Chuji has the violent urge to rub his tummy. <laughs> Lolo looks over your shoulder, Chuji, and says, It's now or never, Chuji. Will you ever have a chance to do this again? They're like full body, like <laughs> shaking, and there's like glass noises coming from inside their head. <laughs> they, they, Go they... ahead, Chuji. 
<laughs> they reach out and they pat his tummy. It's warm. It's a warm tummy. Uh, you slap his tummy and uh, Moku lets out a few chirps before like making a weird face and then belching uh, out some lava into the air. Oh. Oh my god. Are you good? Oh. Are you having a moment? Maybe a little bit. That's fair. Lolo looks up at you all and he says, um, what are we going to do with this baby? Can we just leave him here, or should we be taking him with us, or uh, what do we do? What if we brought Moku with us, probably, on the ship when we go back to Goka? And we'll have to very quickly transport him towards probably Danger Island, and not in Goka's reach, so they can reunite. I worry that doing that near Goka would lead to another rampage from Mogaru. That's true. Then we'll have Yo give us a detour, maybe. We can only hope we'll find some way to do it without too much disruption. It's probably the only way that we have, because I don't really have any other dimensional spells other than Dimension Door. It's a problem we'll have to solve when we get to it. Although it's a very big problem. For a very big, big baby, he says, looking over at Moku, who has started chasing his tail. <laughs> oh. I, we'd have to bring him with us, then. Yep. We're gonna have to. Is he going to come on the journey with us? I think so. What? Either that, or they, we can have someone pick him up or drop him off? Masami looks at the spirit turtle. Uh, the spirit turtle kind of like looks down at you all and nods slowly and says, Well, you've all done a very good job of taking care of everything so far, and Moku seems to like you. If you'd like to take him with you, you have my permission, Masami. <gasps> he got your name right! <gasps> uh... Okay, um... I just want you to know that uh, that was pure guesswork on his part. <laughs> okay, I... Then we will take good care of him. Do you not want to come with us? Oh, I can come with you indeed. And the spirit turtle slowly uh, takes a leg out of the lake. And he slowly takes the other leg out. And he slowly drags himself out of the lake. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Hey man, Boom. it's alright. You really don't you not have to. Oh, perhaps it's best I stay here. Yeah. You, uh, you do that. As the spirit tortoise slowly slinks back into the lake, he says, Good luck, adventurers, on your journeys. See magnificent things. Do magnificent stuff and have fun with Moku, but keep him safe. And with that, his head slinks back under the lake and after a few bubbles blow up and he kind of shakes himself back into shape. You know, the damnedest thing is you cannot tell the difference between him and a regular island. God. And uh, Moku lets out another little roar before like stomping in circles around you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do you do now? <laughs> well, um, we now have a child. Uh, oh man. 
How are we gonna... <laughs> How are we gonna fucking do this? I am not sure. Part of me... wants to... leave him in the care of... Yo and the others. I don't know. I know that we can handle baby kaiju, but they could get hurt. Well, that's yeah. why I said part of me. <laughs> the other part wants Mocha to come with us, but at the same time, remember the places that we need to go to. Um, fuck. Do you think our guide will be able to keep him safe while she's also standing in the background? Because she doesn't really come with us while we're dealing with everything. Kader, I will say, is uh, not here with you. Um, she is on the edge of the clearing, uh, kind of just staring at the night sky, um, almost like on default mode. Um, she, I don't think she's even noticed anything that's just happened. Hmm. Why don't we go talk to her? Okay. Okay. You guys make your way to the edge of the clearing, and uh, as you do, uh, Kader notes as you're approaching and smiles and says, uh, Ah, Radiant Winds. I see you've encountered Uh, oh. And she's staring at Moku, and Moku immediately kind of skips towards her, and she's like, um, uh, and Moku lets out a little roar, and um, then licks her face, and she goes, oh. ah, oh, oh, ugh. Uh, this is Moku, King Mugaru's child. Uh, what? Huh? She actually seems genuinely confused by all this. <laughs> you, you know King Mogaru? No. Do you know what a kaiju is? No. Have you seen me casting spells? Yes. You know the spell that I cast where a gigantic monster comes out? Yes. That's a kaiju. Well, well... There's this one kaiju, Magaru, who's the biggest and strongest of them all. This is his child. What is he doing here? Ah! <laughs> um. How do I put this? Sindara kidnapped a baby to make his dad rampage on a city Sindara didn't like. Hmm. The Ruby Phoenix was revered in Goka. Everyone loved her there. They still do. If this is all to throw everything in Haojin's face, then he'll try to destroy everything from her. Everything. Meaning the city that she loved and the people that love her too. Do you want to make me a diplomacy check, please? I could certainly try. Do you think um, that I could help because I was talking in that conversation, too? Absolutely. Yay! I will need your help anyway because I don't have anything in diplomacy, I don't think. I'm flexing, KK. I'm here to help. I got a cute boy here just to save you. Lol, LMAO. Yeah, I'm untrained in diplomacy. How? Oh, no! Okay. I don't think Adair says anything. Uh, but you can nearly see in her eyes that her fate in her master is maybe being a little challenged. Hmm. Um, either way, I suppose it would be prudent for us to continue on our journey. 
Am I to understand that M Mo Moku will be coming with us? And uh, Moku kind of like stomps from one leg to the other. That's our little roar. We want to reunite Moku with their parent. And King Magaru clearly wants his child back. <laughs> he basically leveled the city looking for him. So we need to bring him with us. It's not totally ideal, but it's the safest thing we can do. Um, are, are we safe? She asks, looking at Moku. Um, and Moku, like, takes a step forward. She takes a step back. <laughs> he doesn't bite, I think. Moku takes another step forward, opens up his mouth, and licks her in the face. And she goes, ah, no, not again. And uh, this is honestly, like, the first time you've seen her conveying any real emotion. I think... <laughs> I think he likes you. That that's affectionate. That's affection. Don't worry. It's Moku isn't trying to eat you or anything. Yeah, you're showing you're, their appreciation. You're super good. She makes a face and says, um, "Well, regardless, did you use the conch?" Oh, not yet. No. We wanted to ask you if you'd be okay with Moku coming with us first. Can you watch him when we fight? Yes, I can certainly attempt to. Thank you. Moku lets out another roar and then nuzzles up to you, Sanku. <laughs> Hi! He's still got that feather, by the way. He's so delighted with it. <laughs> He's a baby. I can't stand it. Uh, regardless, do you want to try out the uh, Conch of the Deep Fragment? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. They, they they bring out the, the big cluster. More and more, this is really starting to look like a conch shell. Chuji, you connect this conch with the rest of the pieces. And you see a vision. The sculptor stands in the hall of the confluence of creation, swirling a glass of wine and speaking to a daemon and a protean. The two cling to every word he says, nodding as they both listen. The secret to making a demiplane is invention, Sindara states them as the attendants of the convention come and go, doing something that nobody, nobody has ever thought of doing before. Why stop at grafting the physical when you can change the metaphysical? Time and space can be commanded to work as differently as you please, if you only dare to command it. The two listeners nod quickly, eyes wide. So wise, the protean hisses. The compliment sends a smile across Sandara's lips. How he had missed this. Business was booming again, albeit with a different clientele to what Sandara would once have taken. He had hit a personal renaissance by pushing past the boundaries of what he would once have thought feasible. Some of his greatest works had emerged over the last century since his meeting with Stophilus and the creation of the waiting room, as he had dubbed it. So many more gems had come to him as he had allowed himself to be commissioned by less scrupulous characters. The Howling Corridor, the Garden of Flesh, the River of Choking Time, where people cannot move but age backwards and forwards. Why, there was even the plane of Gemi Gasal, a ghast who had wanted her body to become an extraplanar art exhibit and who was annihilated in the process. These new works of art had earned the sculptor a place in the confluence of creation once again a meeting of the greatest artists in the plains. Perhaps he would generally consider approaching Sugroz, the Velstruck demagogue and goddess of pain. 
he could certainly make a better plane for that giant peeled skin of a woman. Why, he ought to check her out and... <clears throat> Master Sindara. A familiar voice from behind Sindara makes him stand up straight. He turns to look, dismissing the daemon and protean as he turns to figure standing behind him. Hao Jin, Sindara says smugly. And indeed, there is Hao Jin. She truly has grown from the teenager who came to Axis. The internal fire within her now has grown intensely hot, and throughout the plains the Ruby Phoenix is known as one of the greatest creator of worlds. The Haojin tapestry is the envy of all, and none hold a candle to her. None, perhaps, except her teacher, rising from her shadows to reclaim his title. It is good to see you again, Haojin. You've truly helped grow the community of extraplanar creators. We owe you greatly. Sindara's smile does not reach his lips. Haujin does not immediately reply, looking up to him with a strange face. Walk with me, he orders. It has been too long. The ruby phoenix bows her head and walks alongside him. It has, she says hesitantly. I had tried to visit you many times, but your plane became unreachable some time ago. Sindara does not respond to this. Well, I'm sure you were very busy with your many projects, he deflects. I hear you've stopped taking commissions, focusing on expanding your existing portfolio. How noble. Tell me, the masters of Axis, do they approve of how large the Haojin tapestry has become? I have heard that they wish to confiscate it. Haojin sends him a look before continuing. I've only got to where I am thanks to the skills taught to me by you, of course. Two are quiet. Music swells in the background. That same song that he hummed the first time he met her. I did not think this was your type of scene, Haojin, Sindara remarks. I assumed you to be above conventions of artists now that you are more of a, shall we say, a museum curator? Not particularly the type of thing that requires a position at the Confluence of Creation. All those artifacts you've collected. Haojin looks away from this second barb. I was hoping to meet with you, Sandara. You are not an easy man to find. Sandara raises an eyebrow. What could we possibly have to discuss? Haojin pauses and then looks up at Sandara. I want to help you. The sculptor's gaze turns to ice. Explain yourself. Haojin inhales and then returns his look. I, I don't know what's become of you, Master. I've always seen you as an inspiration, a genius, a role model. But over the last few decades, you... Something has happened. There are whispers, Sindara, of you joining in with fiends and knights of debauchery, of backdoor deals, of meetings with fell forces from planes of nightmares, aiding them grow. That isn't the Sindara I know. Master, you are... Do not preach to me, Haojin. Sindar interrupts. Tell me exactly how you intend to help. There's a poison to his words, and briefly the ruby phoenix hesitates. I consider you a close friend, Sindara. Perhaps I could help you find a different situation, a, a different type of clientele. Maybe you could join me in the curation of my tapestry, or take a role as an assistant and- Assistant! Sindara spits, 
You would have me be your assistant. Haojin falters. I, I meant no offense, but you were nothing before I met you, Haojin. Sindar advances, eyes wide with malice. I gave you everything. Without me, you'd have given up and burned away everything you have with fire you can't control. You got your flames through me. Do you understand that? I helped discipline you. I helped educate you. Perhaps I failed you in that regard because now I am not the one who has changed, Haojin. You have. You are arrogant, envious, pretentious, and disrespectful. What I create is of no concern to you. Do you understand me? Haojin is silent, stone-faced, before she turns and walks away. I am sorry to have believed in you, sculptor. Sindara screams at Haojin as she opens a portal in the middle of the convention floor, leaving. I made you, Ruby Phoenix. You owe me everything, and I owe you nothing. And with that, she vanishes. Sindara wipes spit from his lips with the back of his sleeve, panting as he looks at everyone staring at him. She had humiliated him. Haojin had dared to humiliate him. After everything he did for her. How could she? No, this would not stand. He would not seek out the Seglar's commission. No, he had to punish Haojin. And he has just the demiplane lined up to do so. And with that, the vision fades. I want this motherfucker to die so bad. My god. You don't like that? No, I don't fucking like that. Shuji... Shuji looks mad after seeing that. If this was supposed to make us feel any kind of sympathy for him, he's doing a really bad job of it. I don't even know what to say. He destroyed Goku for this. For some petty little fucking slight. It wasn't even a slight. It was nothing. He was mad that, in his eyes, she made him look bad. What a fucking baby. I told that bastard he has too much pride. I don't know what to make of this. Surely there must be more. It can't have all been over an argument like this. How many more pieces do we need? Um, Kader, who has been staring at Moku suspiciously this entire time, looks over, clears the and says, Um, <clears throat> there are two more fragments remaining. And there's probably more to it, but I don't know if it'll make him look any better. There's nothing that could fucking justify what this little man-child's done. Oh, definitely not. No. I'm just gonna say, perhaps at the end of this episode, you might realize. Uh-huh. Consider that some fun foreshadowing. <laughs> so, what's the plan now? Uh, there's two fragments left. The Champion's Gate and the Junkyard. Well, we need to go to the Junkyard next, right? Because the Champion's Gate should be the last one. Where your greatest fears reside. Oh boy. If we can't go to the Champion's Gate just yet, then we need to hit the junkyard. And then we'll go there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Kader turns to you, uh, pushing Moku away a little bit. And she says, um, shall I begin guiding you to the junkyard? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And so you guys go. As you make your way through the undergrowth of the fractal jungle, eventually you come to a clearing. 
And there it is. The junkyard. Although it contains no garbage you would have expected, the truth is far, far more strange. Statues, paintings, other craft pieces, all depicting a beautiful female woman, all of them destroyed, disfigured, and disfaced. A labyrinth of garbage made from these destroyed pieces of art lines a murky bog, knee-high water shimmering with oily refuse from the many, many pieces of craft. The subject of each of these art pieces is the same. Hao Jin, the Ruby Phoenix. Well, that's disturbing. And I'm serious. There, I cannot express how much art is here. It's enough to have taken an army of men a hundred years to make. Jesus, dude. Gadara doesn't have anything to say this time. She honestly looks a little bit lost and taught, like she's recontextualizing what she sees. Eventually, she does have one thing to say. Hmm. This is a place of hatred, and hatred grows from fear. Okay. Thanks. Let's just try and get through as fast as we can. I don't want to stay here too long. Okay. Neither do I. The less time we spend here, the better. So, you guys don't know where the country of the deep is, but I will say that you all feel very uneasy as you're walking through here. Mm -hmm. I think you all very quickly feel like you're being watched. Oh, great. Like... As you're walking through this maze of art and swamp water, you have this terrible uneasiness as if something is like directly behind you. Ugh. Judy does not like that feeling. I want you all to roll me perception to see if you can navigate this strange like maze you find yourselves in. As you walk through this maze of art and swamp water, the muck kind of like is up to your knees as you go. Paint water, clay, floating objects created by Sundara, all of these pieces of creation made to portray his hatred for the Ruby Phoenix. And hatred comes from fear. Before this session, I came to each of you individually and asked a question. What do your characters fear the most in the world? And the results were surprising. Each of you answered the exact same way. Oh no. Oh. Each of your characters have the same fear. And that fear is losing their friends. Masami, you are worried that once your friends find out more about you, then they'll abandon you. Chuji, you fear that if you let everyone know what you did to Sanku, that they will no longer want to be your friend. And Sanku, you, you are afraid that one slip-up will show your friends that you are a child and cannot be brought on these adventures with them. And it's from this that I had to make a decision about what would happen here. I don't think you all know when it is that you all got split up. But you did. One moment, you're all together. The next, you're not. 
it's around this time that you start to see shadows. There's something in this place. And it knows what you fear. For just a moment, Masami, you see a long-nosed Tengu in the shadows. For just a moment, Chuji, you swear you can hear the footsteps of that giant kaiju Alru who almost took your life. But these fears, they're not connected to the fear of almost losing your friends. They are unique and individual to you. Your fear. If I want something that connects all of your fears, I need something that is tied to the moment where all three of you were closest to losing your friends. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But there is one moment. One moment that has defined your characters since before the adventure even began. A single moment tied to your fear, Sanku. And it is to you that the fear reveals itself. Masami and Shuji, you hear Sanku scream from deep within the maze. And you see its heads rise above the walls of the labyrinth. The Orochi. And not just any Orochi. The crystal-eyed monster that took Sanku's arm. A serpent with eight heads, eight tails, and long clawing arms. It has 16 crystals instead of 16 eyes, and as it pulls its horrible body from the muckish swamp around it, it screams. Masami, this was your first failure as a leader. You weren't able to protect them from what was in that cave. You were the one who led them in there in the first place. It is your fault that Sanku lost his arm. Chuji, you did this to Sanku. You took that idol, and then you never owned up to it. You kept it a secret, because you were afraid of what the others would think of you. And it is your fault that Sanku lost his arm. Sanku, it is your fault that you lost. You didn't cast the right spells. You didn't react quickly enough. You didn't follow orders. You didn't have the power inside of you to take on this thing. And it's because of all that that you lost your arm. It's because of all that that you lost. Because you were not good enough. And that is your greatest fear. Not this Orochi, but what it represents. Losing everything. And I want you all to roll me initiative. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god. How's that, by the way? I hope that wasn't too intense. <laughs> my god. Okay. You guys, are you guys good? I, I hope that wasn't too much. Oh, I'm good. Oh, no, no. no I'm, that okay, wasn't, I'm okay. I'm okay. That was not too much. There's, You have to do a lot for it to be too much. <laughs> yeah, and I, th I think the point where you'd stop is <laughs> you're all good. Hmm. <laughs> Dice will roll will return after these messages. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. We now return to Dice Will Roll. Top of the order is going to be, unfortunately, Diorochi, with an initiative score of 52. I think you can all see it. This thing is size gargantuan. It is the size of a hill. And it is rearing up from above the mount like above the walls of this maze, roaring and hissing with those eight heads. Mm -hmm. And in that moment that you see it, you are all individually alone. And because of that, I'd like you all to please roll me a will save against this thing's frightful presence, as even seeing this is enough to make your blood run cold. Well, um, yikes. That's a 34 with resolve. Yeah, I mean, that's all fair. (laughs) Yeah. Sanku and Masami. As both of you see this thing, for your own reasons, your hearts stop in your chests. And you both become frightened too. Okay. Chuji, with your success and path to perfection, you get a critical success. How does this happen? I think that since Chuji has opened up about what they did, they aren't as scared of it anymore. Um, and I think as soon as they see the uh, Orochi, it kind of flashes in their mind that I can do this. I can kill that. I can kill that now. I'm so much stronger than I was. So I don't think their first thought is, I'm scared of this thing. I think their first thought is, I'm going to kill that thing. I'm going to give you a hero point because that's juicy as fuck. (laughs) Uh, Regardless, it is the Orochi's turn. Uh, Senku, um... By the way, I will also say that Lolo is not with you. Awesome. I will also let you know that this thing has colossal reach, and it is as such that it turns around and whips at you with one of its tails. Awesome. And Sanku, that is a 47. Is that a hit? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, Sanku, that is going to be 41 mental damage, as its attack doesn't just attack your body, it goes for your very fear. Awesome. And now, as a free action, it's going to use Improved Knockdown to make an athletics check to just swipe you off your feet. And that is going to be a 45 against your Fortitude DC, Sanku. Uh, I, I mean, it's 27 plus 10, so... I think yeah, yeah. I think it succeeds, but doesn't critical succeed? So yeah. basically, uh, this tail, as it's kind of emerging from the muck, it swipes into you, Sanku, and uh, knocks you sprawling and knocks you prone. And now, as it pulls itself fully out of the muck, a muck that is far too shallow for it to have been hiding, um, its tail is going to continue swiping around, and in fact, with its incredible reach, it's going to be able to hit Masami from across the map. Okay. One of those tails swings out Masami, and it collides with you, and that is a 39 to hit. That's a mess. Okay, uh, just as it's about to make contact, Masami, you dodge out of the way, and you are not swiped by this tail. With its last action, one of the heads picks up a giant golden statue of Hao Jin and swirls it around in the air before launching it directly at you, Chuji. That is going to be a ranged attack that is a 37 to hit. Uh, 37 is a miss. Okay, Chuji, the statue is launched towards you, but you dash out away as you continue your charge towards the Orochi. Um, Chuji, it is your turn. As this thing is turned to rubble, you are charging it. You're running directly at the Orochi. What do you do with your tree actions? I, I want to fucking cloud jump towards it so I can beat its ass. Um, absolutely. Make me an athletics check and launch yourself over all the obstacles. Here's my plus 32. God damn. There's a 50. A 50? Holy shit. Chuji, that's a 100. A cloud jump triples your jump range. With two actions, you move 150 feet through the air over the entire maze at it. Oh, I'm also in Dragon's Dance. Chuji, you are rushing, then you leap across the map, scaling everything in your way as you are kind of like shonen style up in the air. And as you're at the top of your arc, one of the heads of the Orochi looks up at you and you are pummeling downwards. What do you do with your last action? Uh, I kick all three of its fucking heads. I, I, it's I got do eight heads. Blows. It's got eight huh? of those. Oh, damn. Eight okay, heads. well, I kick fucking two of them. <laughs> okay. And you're... Are you specifically attacking a head? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that they are jumping down on to the Orochi. Okay. I'm asking, are you aiming for the head or for the body? For the head. Okay. Chuji, make me that attack roll. You're making me anxious. No, go for it. I'm serious. Okay. Uh, 43 and a 47. 43 is a hit, and 47 is going to be a crit. Woo! Let's go! So roll me that damage. 33 and 54 damage. So it's going to be 87. Chuji, 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 Chuji. Hey, what's up, bro? In one insane attack, you destroy one of its eight heads. Oh, shit! You, if you do 60 damage specifically to a head, it loses that head. Chuji coming out of the sky to be like, I think the fuck not, and just crushing one of its heads. <laughs> uh, Dragon Stance, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I think basically what happens is you kick so hard that you explode one of the Orochi's head. Gross. <laughs> okay. Sanku, Witch Prince of the Sea, how are you doing? I, I don't know that he's well right now. This is literally your worst nightmare coming to kill you. 
Yes, that's true. That is actually so true right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will say, even as you're falling back and fending off these jaws coming for you, you see Chuji arc through the sky and then take out one of those heads. Okay, well, that makes him feel better. Much farther than we got last time. <laughs> yeah, you actually landed the blow this time. Uh, Want to know a fun fact? Yeah. The Orochi was this level when you first encountered it, too. <gasps> like, you're seeing how high its rolls are, how high its AC is. Imagine fighting that at level 8. Holy shit. Sanku, your worst nightmare is coming down on you. It has seven heads, all of them full of teeth coming for you. What do you do? Um, I think he's going to use his entire turn. Um, I don't even think that he's thinking. It just, I, I just happens. I think he's going to cast summon Draconic Legion. Mostly because he wants to put things between him and it. You can do that. Uh, it will shoot out one of its heads and make an attack of opportunity at you. Sure. Uh, that is a 46 to hit, Sanku, which is one away from being a crit and wasting your turn. Awesome. Uh, so that's going to be 47 damage, Sanku. Um, now... Okay, so Sanku, how does this Draconic Legion happen? I think that his magic nearly moves on its own to protect him. A wall of dragons, and they attempt to get between them. Um, on arrival, the Draconic Legion breathes out two blasts of energy. Um, it's a 120-foot line and a 60-foot cone. They, they can't overlap, so I'm not entirely sure where the other one would go. <laughs> but I'm going to need a reflex save. Okay. That is a 44, Sanku. It does save. Okay. So he'll take half of 10d8 damage. Still pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Half of 56 cold damage. Okay, uh, so that's going to be 28 damage to the Orochi. Uh, so this happens as this swarm of dragons materializes out of the air and swirls into the Orochi, biting, clawing at it. Um, and because this is an incarnate summoning spell, uh, they are actually physically taking up that space. So they are actually creating a block between you and it. So good call there. Um, and Sanky, you can hear Lolo's voice somewhere off in the distance as he is surging towards you from who knows where, saying, Sanku! Sanku, where are you? Don't worry, you can defeat it! Uh, <laughs> please! Uh, but maybe it's because of Chuji, maybe it's because of Lolo, but Sanku, you are starting to feel a little bit less afraid. Mm -hmm. You are now only frightened one. Woohoo! Masami Takahara. Mm -hmm. We've seen now how Sanku has reacted. We've seen how Chuji's reacted. You are now standing in front of one of your greatest fears. The first thing you were never able to protect your friends from. The thing that showed you that you need to make all the sacrifices in this group because if you don't, your friends will be hurt. It's back. How are you doing? I, I think that for a second, Masami is stunned. They don't... It's been a while since they've had to even think about seeing this thing again. And now that it's in front of them and in front of their team and they're separated, Masami, I think, just can't move for a second. 
There's a part of them that thinks that it's going to play out exactly as it happens, but this time there's no one escaping. Like they were fortunate enough to last time. But when they see Chuji literally leap out of the sky and take out one of its heads, when they see the Draconic Legion, they snap out it for they snap out of it for a second. They remember Hiroshi's teachings and breathe. And I want to say that when they saw the Tengu head, or not the Tengu head, but the um, the uh, Oni's mask, mm-hmm. they had the head taking Katana out. Ooh, you had it. <gasps> wait, 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 wait. The head taking Katana against a creature with eight heads? Well, yes. seven heads now? <laughs> yes. And they spring into action. So they are going to use one action to uh, move immediately next to the Orochi, flanking it with Chuji on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the um, the way here. And they are gonna go for an immediate spell strike. Attack of opportunity. That's right, it has another one. It has a second reaction? Well actually, actually Misami, you'll be so glad to know. It actually has eight attack of opportunity. Well seven <gasps> because of the heads, huh? No, seven. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Okay. So it's gonna bite okay. you, Masami. It sees okay. you coming and it swings a head down, Fucking fangs bare. It it's gonna get you and oh, not one. <laughs> Holy shit. Get fucked, idiot. Okay. Um. So that means... Uh. Oh my god, unintentional move? You are moved ten feet in a random direction. This movement triggers reactions. I'm standing so still right now. (laughs) Both of you? Okay. Um, How does this play out? Misami, how do you move it 10 feet? I think... (laughs) I rolled a 19. Ooh, okay. Uh, It doesn't trigger Vorpal, because that needs to be a nat 20. Yeah, it has to be a nat 20. But uh, Misami, how does this happen? You are rushing towards it. It is opening its jaws and coming for you, but you do something that gives you and Chuji an opening for a teamed-up attack. What is that moment? Uh, I think what happens is Masami... I think Masami has a bit of an adrenaline rush right now. Mm-hmm. Part of them doesn't really know what's moving and what isn't. They are running towards the Orochi, and when they see a head snap towards them, they dodge to the side... And uh, use their katana as like sort of a block, and with their free hand they take the neck, the extended neck, and with all of their strength from the adrenaline, just push them ten feet. They are screaming. Ooh, this is a size gargantuan creature too, Misami. That adrenaline rush pushes you past the limits of what is normal, and you shove right into this monster with a powerful attack, and you knock it stumbling backwards. Masami, that's going to be a crit and Chuji, your attack is going to be a hit both of you, roll me that damage damage from the head taking katana is 63 yikes 38 okay, that's going to be a 63 from the head taking katana and Chuji, that Mm -hmm. is going to be a 38 from you and you haven't done your spell strike yet, Masami go for it they haven't uh, they are going to follow up with... Is that your ta- maximum attack modifier, by the way? Because that was a reaction. Okay. 
So I think they're going to spell strike with a level eight cast into time. Oh my. Okay, go for it. 40. That's a hit. Roll me that damage. Okay. Damage is 27. Very nice. Then the spell strike, 58. Holy shit. <laughs> 58 mental and bludgeoning damage? My god. Yep. And I think um, when they have when they have that neck in their hand, they kind of claw it a little bit. Mm. And their claws do come out a little. Mm. And they say, as it's being cast into time, it's not going to happen like that. Not again. I won't let it happen. And because of that, Masami, your frightened condition drops by one. Masami, you rush in and you savage this thing. Like, claws, blades, everything. You are destroying it. And between you and Shuji, you do almost 200 damage in one turn. (laughs) But it's not going to be enough. Because as it recovers from this attack and gains its ground again, it does something awful. It howls. As all seven of its heads all draw back and as one they scream into the sky with this awful pulse-stopping howl. Masami and Sanku, both of you are still frightened, but Chuji, I think you are angrier more than anything. Yeah. And uh, the Orochi now is going to uh, use Orochi Flurry, which all of its seven heads are going to start lashing out, and it's going to attack each of you at its max attack modifier. Okay. <laughs> Does a 52 hit all of you? Yeah, um, it hits me. It's not a crit, though. That is a crit for me because I'm frightened. I'm pretty sure that's a crit. That is indeed a crit. Um, that is going to be... 49 damage, and double of that to Misami and Sanku, as these heads surge forward like sharks in the water. Their fangs pierce into you and start trying to rip you apart between them. Um, you are all extremely injured by this terrible attack, and it is enough- Oh, hold on. Hold on, Sanku. You don't take that damage. Because there is something between you and the Orochi. Oh, right. The heads are trying to get to you, Sanku, but they are blocked by your Draconic Legion, which surges forward and is actually taking up all the space between you and it, and it can't actually reach over the Legion. It can't get through. This thing, the Legion takes up space, and that space is blocking off the Orochi completely as it stays between two maze walls. It's it's guarding a choke oh, point shit. for you. Yay! And because of that, you take zero damage. Holy shit! Yeah, double-checking. Uh, the Draconic Legion is size gargantuan. It completely walls it off. Oh, my God. I win. Certainly, dear Rochi heads plunge into the dragons and start ripping at them, but it's not going to do much to them. Uh, to end its turn, it's going to use two free actions to use its improved grab on Boat Masami and Chuji to bite down into you with its fangs. So, Masami and Chuji, does a 51 hit both of your fortitude DCs? Yeah. Yes, yes it does. does. You are both grabbed by Diorochi's fangs, and you are lifted into the air by the monster. And suddenly, you guys need to be a little less worried about Sanku, because you guys might not make it out of this. <laughs> the Orochi snarls, and as two of the heads are clutching you in place in their jaws, more of the heads rise, getting ready to tear you in half. And I think with the Orochi's last action, um, one of them is just going to start chewing into you, Chuji. 
so Chuji, you are going to be uh, slowed and grabbed as its fangs pierce into you, and you automatically take 2d12 plus 18 piercing damage, and you're going to keep taking that every turn that you do not escape this thing's grasp. Okay? So that's 34 damage for this turn. Alright. So it's going to be very hard to fight back against this thing, but it is your turn, and it is your chance to fight back. So what do you do? <laughs> How many sizes larger is Gargantuan? Uh, much, much okay. bigger. See, there's medium, then there's large, then there's huge, and then there's Gargantuan. So it is tree size categories larger than you. I'm legendary in athletics. Okay. I can, I can attempt to disarm, grapple, shove, or trip creatures up to three sizes larger than me. Bro! <laughs> I'm grabbing <laughs> him back. Okay, so you're just like, okay. How are you yes. doing this? You're going to need to make me a legs check when you do, but how are you actually doing this? Chuji. By the way, you rolled a 41. That will work. I, I quite literally think that Chuji is grabbing it by its teeth. And like... Okay. Not not so much like holding the mouth open. Uh, I don't think that, that that's their intention. I think they're doing it, but that's not their goal. I think that they are literally... Uh, I don't know if any of you have had braces, but I have. Um, Ugh, yes, I know. You know how when you get them tightened, they really, really hurt? Uh, oh my god, wait, are you Chuji like wrestling against his palate? Yeah, quite literally. Okay, yeah. So I think the way this works is that this isn't like a physical restraint. You're not like stopping it from attacking like all its heads because you're only affecting one head. But I think the strength that you are applying, pushing it against this thing's jaws, is making the other heads turn away to look at you. Yeah. So you've got a grab now, Chuji, and you have a one action left. What the fuck do you do? Damn, can I adamantine fist punch into its fucking gums? Absolutely, deck him. Forty-three. A forty-three. Oh, actually, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch from dragon stance to uh, um, fucking uh, stoke flame stance this turn. By the way, uh, forty-three is a hit, and a forty-one is a hit. Roll me that down, Chuji. Thirty-two. Okay. And twenty-three. Okay, that's going to be a total of 54 damage, Shuji, as you wrestle against this Orochi in its mouth, punching and clawing. Um, and that is going to actually be bringing it very close to being defeated. You can tell it is not doing mm. well. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy for real. And is that your turn, Shuji? Yeah. Okay. Sanku, it is your turn. Mm-hmm. You are terrified. You are terrified beyond words. You can barely see the Orochi as your dragons surge forward, clawing and biting into them. But as this is happening, you can you can see that its heads have lifted Masami and Chuji into the air. You know that Masami and Chuji have done some serious damage to it, and you can see that the Orochi is barely holding on, but it's hurting them extremely badly. As you are lying there on your back, scrabbling to your feet, and no sign of Lolo, even as he calls to you, what do you do? Well, first, first, um... The army is going to depart. Okay. So the Draconic Legion surges like a sea into this monster. What happens? Uh, it's a it's called Draconic Whirlwind, which is crazy. Um, I mm -hmm. need a reflex save. Okay. That's a 40. That does save barely, but it saves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be half of 98 slashing damage. That's 21 or 22. I can't. I, it's, it's 43. Half of that is 21 or 22. 21. That's right. Okay. Um, and then they depart. So the Draconic Legion, it surges into this creature and rips and tears before vanishing back into the astral plane or wherever it came from. Um, Sanku, 
what do you do now? You have tree you have tree actions that didn't take any of your actions, but it it's quite scary. You are you are in a bad position. What do you do? I think he's going to cast Elemental Betrayal. Okay. Uh, with water. Okay. And then I think he's going to cast Hydraulic Push. Okay. Um, it is very distracted by Chuji, so its AC is really low. Do your best. 43. Yep, that is a critical hit, Sanku. It is? Oh my god. Holy shit. Oh my god. 60 damage. Or double that, I guess? 60 times 2. 120 damage, plus whatever it is from your elemental betrayal. It doesn't really matter right now. How do you defeat your nightmare? The blast of water goes, like, straight through, like, its heart. Like, through its chest and out the other side. I don't even think Sanku's thinking when he does that. Like, he's, he's just trying to kill it. But I think that it goes straight through. In through the chest and out through the back. Sanku, you shoot right through the Orochi's heart. And it lets out a scream through its many mouths before it dissolves into purple dust and explodes into nothingness. And you've done it. You've faced your fear. I think Sanku drops to his knees and he's like... <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. And she, like, jumps down, slowly approaching. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, was, I wasn't paying attention. I could have hit you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it's fine. You did really good. Thank you. <sighs> you killed it. Oh, my God. I did. <sighs> Masami walks over, puts a hand on Senku's shoulder, and brings him in for a hug, and says, You killed it. That was you. You did it. <laughs> he hugs them back, and he hides his face in, in their neck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, come on. There's nothing to apologize for. I got really scared, and then you were all gone, and then it showed up. I was terrified, too. I'm just glad I was able to find both of you. Or at least, Chuji found us. I, uh, kind of strung in action, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What matters is that we're fine, right? Uh-huh. Okay. It was quite literally something that attacked us when we weren't ready. And it caught us by surprise again. You don't have to apologize for being afraid. It's a human emotion. It's an emotion that we all have. It's not something that we can easily shut down. Uh-huh. Never be afraid of being scared. What matters is how you handle it, right? You handled it like a fucking champ. <laughs> Chuji like ruffles Sanku's hair. I, I casted some draconic lesion without thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked. Sometimes it's good not to think. Yeah, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes you just, it's just better to do something rather than 
Stay stuck in your own head. And then, out of nowhere, you hear, and flying through the air, Lolo splats into you, and he clings onto you, Sanku, and he says, Sanku, oh, oh, be careful. It's it's not an Orochi boy. Don't be, don't be worried. It's some sort of nightmare monster. It's not the real deal. Oh, you can do it. Wow, you came just in time, man. Huh? Well, I, I didn't do that. I, I just killed it instead. You guys killed it so fast that you didn't get to see that I had um I'd applied a cryptid template to it from uh, Dark Archives, which gave it like all sorts of spooky supernatural powers, like the ability to vanish into tin air and loads of like nightmare dream powers. <laughs> oh well. If you thought Sanku was gonna look that thing in the eye, you have another thing coming. Just for fun, recalling knowledge on it would have made it drained because it hates being perceived. Dude, Bitch, me. This thing is me. Just like us. <laughs> wow. Regardless, um, I think after catching your breaths, it doesn't actually take you very long to find the Conchidity Fragment. Only a few minutes later, you find it nestled in some of the garbage of the many, many statues and art pieces of Hao Jin. What do you guys do? I mean, I guess we take it. Yeah. Light flashes, and reality is shaped. A wave of a hand, and a throne is pushed from the floor, made entirely of glass. A twist of a wrist, and a window is opened in a wall. Sindara the sculptor stands in the middle of his newest creation. This work in progress is much simpler and much more complex than others he'd created. Less of an entirely new world, and more of a superimposition of a world that could be added to an existing one. A tower from atop which someone can see anything from within its domain. A panopticon. A throne. Only those who were granted entry could enter. And from the very top, the ruler of this tower would essentially be a god in their own right, all-seeing and all-knowing. It could absorb an entire nation into its veil, and anyone within sight of the tower would be a servant to its king. In the wrong hands, it would be a weapon of great horror and tyranny. And that is precisely why Sindara has created this demiplane. The Glass Lighthouse. A gift to the cruel ruler of Huang Go in Golarion. A smirk crosses Sindara's lips. Oh yes, Twilight Lord Zhang Dae-sung had spent the entire bank of his nation on this tower, but soon it would not matter. The lighthouse has a particular ability. Time does not work the same way here. A moment on the outside is a thousand moments inside. Should he need to make a decision, rather than spend months finding the perfect strategy, he could simply spend that time inside here and then outmaneuver his foes by returning after seconds of their time. This is the true power of the Glass Lighthouse. Temporal control would make the Twilight Lord the most dangerous man in Golarion. He would rule over his foes like nobody had ever done so before. It would be a triumph for despots everywhere, and with a work like this, Sandara could... A flash of fire announces the arrival of someone else behind him. What is the meaning of this? The ruby phoenix growls, eyes hot with anger. Hmm? The sculptor turns, amused. Oh my, how shin, you made your way past my barriers. Have you come to apologize? Know that I reject any apology from you with a 
If you've come to apologize, know that I welcome it with open up. A slap across Sundara's face stops him in his tracks. For a moment, he is too stunned to speak. How dare you? Haojin hisses, tears pricking her eyes. I knew you hated me, Sundara, but this... This is despicable. It's beyond despicable. It's evil. Sindara's eyes narrow. Oh, I'm sorry. Is meddling with Galarian off-limits suddenly? It was never off-limits when it was you plucking up cities to put in your tapestry. Sindara, you know that the Twilight Lord is an evil man. The famines and wars he's crafted. His armies have attacked my home nation. My descendants are dead because of him. The city of Goka mounts protections every day against an eventual invasion from the dread armies of Huanggo, and you... you build him a palace so that he can control time? How could you do this? Sendara exhales. You are so terribly emotional, Haojin. I taught you better than that. A commission is a commission, dear. Would you prefer I work for devils? Harm countless people so long as you don't know them? It doesn't matter to you until it's in Tianxia, does it? If I did this in, say, the Inner Sea, would you interfere? Poor selfish Haojin. The fire inside you blinds your eyes with smoke. Haojin looks to Sundara, an expression of horror turning to regret, turning to determination. I always thought of you as my better, Sundara. You were my idol. <laughs> Sindara laughs. Well, now, I seem to have fallen out of favor with you. What are you going to do about it? Haojin bows her head, and silently she pulls a string from her sleeve. The string unravels and reassembles itself, and the shape it takes chills Sindara's blood. I'm sealing the glass lighthouse away in the tapestry. Here, it won't be able to hurt anyone. The sculptor is silent, realizing what Haojin means. No, it's not the tower she's come for. He could always make another one. What she truly means to do is to seal him away, never to return. A grimace passes over his face. Oh, for my dead body, he hisses, and conjures up powerful runes around his fists, dropping into a martial stance. A look of true sadness inherits Haojin's features. I never wanted it to come to this. And with that, the two dash at each other, and the fight begins. Without warning, Sindara opens a portal, stepping through it with blinding speed to launch a ferocious assault. His disciplined martial arts shine through at every moment, striking with surgical precision. But Haojin's fire magic responds with equal ferocity, flames cascading around her in a blazing inferno, deflecting Sindara's strikes with fiery barriers. The battle becomes a whirlwind of fire and shadows, a testament to the power they both possess. Their skills and power intertwine in a dance of destruction, neither willing to yield an inch. Sindara's dimensional magic creates portals that allow him to swiftly evade Haojin's attacks, only to reappear behind her with a punishing strike. Yet the Ruby Phoenix's mastery over portals proves to be equally formidable, as she manipulates the very fabric of space to redirect Sindara's assaults. As their clash intensifies, memories of their past friendship flash in Haojin's mind, but she pushes them aside, focusing on the task at hand. She channels her inner strength, summoning a tremendous surge of fiery energy. The ground beneath her cracks as she unleashes a devastating spell, engulfing the entire area in a blazing inferno. Sindara's defenses falter under the onslaught, his powers no match for the Ruby Phoenixes. 
With one final resolute strike, Hao Jin drives Sundara to his knees, the sculptor's defiance waning. The battle has taken its toll on both combatants, sweat-soaked and weary, but in the end, Hao Jin... The battle has taken its toll on both combatants, sweat-soaked and weary, but it is in the end Hao Jin who stands tall. Gazing down at her fallen friend turned foe, a mix of sorrow and determination fills her eyes. She knows that defeating Sundara was necessary, for the fate of the world depended on it. Hao Jin looks down at Sundara and briefly considers killing him. It would be the wise thing to do, but she cannot bring herself to do so. Hesitantly, she pulls out the tapestry and waves a hand, and a surge of mystical energy pulses through the glass lighthouse, causing ripples to dance across its surface. Slowly, the glass begins to soften and liquefy, transforming into delicate strands of shimmering tread. As the transformation progresses, the treads of glass hover in the air, their refracted hues creating a kaleidoscope of colours. They twirl and spin, weaving themselves into an intricate tapestry that seems to hold a magical essence of its own. The tapestry expands with each passing moment, as if hungry to absorb the very essence of the glass lighthouse. In a breathtaking finale, the final remnants of the glass lighthouse succumb to the tapestry's irresistible allure. The tapestry, now complete, glows with an enchanting luminescence, with the glass lighthouse immortalized in it as a work of art, and taking Sindara with it. How Jin exhales. She can't do this anymore. She needs help. She's lost so much. In a strange way, Sindara was all she had left. The Masters of Axis have long been seeking out a meeting with her to discuss the future of the Haojin Tapestry. Perhaps she'll be willing to discuss with them if it means finding some way to help Sindara. There was no way for Haojin to know what would happen next. When she went to the Masters of Axis, they demanded only one thing before they would hear her out. All of her memories of the Ruby Phoenix tapestry, so that she would never be able to make something like this again. She agreed to these terms before she even dared to ask for help. Her memories of the Ruby Phoenix tapestry were taken, and she locked the tapestry away in her vault with all of her other treasures. What she didn't know was that this would take away all her memories not only of the tapestry, but everything inside it. The cities she had plucked from Galarian, the mountains she had moved and her old master. She had no memory of Sindara, and when it came time for her to ask her favour of Axis, she had forgotten what she had come here for. Instead, she spent 300 years learning from them and fixing the mistakes she had made by plucking away countless artefacts, cities, and so much more from the material plane. And somehow this was only her second greatest mistake, and only the second thing she had no way of predicting. Sindara was trapped inside that lighthouse, but he could not leave. And every moment spent inside of the glass lighthouse is a thousand moments elsewhere. So a day would become a thousand days. A year would become a thousand years. And the three hundred years Haojin spent in Axis. Sindara was awake for all of it. Tree hundred thousand years and the vision ends holy shit <sighs> three 
hundred thousand years. I want to say skill issue, but that's fucked up. Mm. Holy fucking shit. All alone. As all three of you stand in this junkyard filled with effigies of hate of Hao Jin, suddenly it all starts to make a little bit more sense, doesn't it? Anyone would go fucking bonkers. Yeah, that's crazy. Lolo speaks up and says, Was... Is Antara even aware that she has no memory of the tapestry's contents? I don't I think so. I don't think he does. I don't think he'd care. I... I still think he's a big baby loser, but honestly, I think I might be pretty mad, too. I don't know if that news would make him any less furious about spending 300,000 years in a lighthouse. Jeez. Oh, Jin, the, the only reason that she lost all those memories is because she was trying to help Sindara. They didn't help at all. They just made it worse. So much worse. I suppose the Masters of Axis thought she was dangerous. Stockpiling all these artifacts, taking them from their rightful places in the universe. Hmm. Well, now, because of what they did, because they didn't pay attention or help. Do you remember what she said at the meeting? She said that when she get, went to the Masters of Axis, it was to show off her thing. She literally didn't even remember why she spoke to them. I, I think they're kind of sitting in it, and Chuji kind of just, like, furrows their brow. And you're like, but how did she call his name when they were fighting? When, when she saw him. Flashback. As Mugaru rises out of the sea and that horrible music begins to play, Haojin's head snaps up and she says, Sindara, you fool. And flashback to present. She couldn't... She couldn't have lost every single memory of him. Something's wrong about this. It's weird. I don't really understand. Maybe... Maybe something triggered her memory? This is weird. I... I don't like this. I suppose we had better head to the final challenge awaiting us, hmm? The Champion's Gate. The final hungry ghost. Maybe then, things will start to make a lick of sense again. I really hope that Tino's toughest is there. I hope so as well. Me too. I'm really worried about them. And we... We both know... Wait, we all know that... That Sindara... Sindara is not... Above... Horrible, horrible things. Not at all. We have to go rescue them. Mm-hmm. Let's get going. And so... The four of you, along with Kader and Moku, make your final trek along the paths of the fractal jungle towards the glass lighthouse and towards the champion's gate, where you will face off against the final hungry ghost and claim the last of the Conch of the Deep Fragments, unraveling the mystery of Sindara once and for all.
This episode of Dice Will Roll would not have been possible without the support of our patrons. Sol Grease Lobo, Nick Roberts, Phoebe Jeebies, Daisy Gilliam, Lux Rexus, Baird and Stormcrow, Sam Stryker, Tony Saunders, Mita, Arave, Varia and the Girls, GP Dora, Marshmallowberry, Ferric Falcon, Luis Loza, Ares, Alexander Criswell, Mae Cohen, Skyly, Kendra West, Generally Tricked, Transgirl Trish, Platonic, Bal Punyon, Joined a Catman, Matthew Wilson Krasnovich, Tillin Shark, Gooch HD, Jace Snooks, Zenith Drums, Jonathan Love, Sophie Verlera, G Barbera, Luke, Gideon, Sarah B, Seth, Ravona Darklow, Kira, Litchelope, Gizmo, Talison, Cass, Fable McLeodoff, Eva, Remti Bright, Lonesome Chunk, Steph, Sean C, Natasha Lumley, Rhiannon C, Ellie, Jenna Mitchell, Kane Kendrick, Sky Evangeline, Triceratops, Anna Maria, Jordan, Cynical Spinstress, Enlil Laderna, John the Book Hoarder, SS66 Seeker, and Dame Valerie the Third. If you'd like to see what you can get for helping us keep it rolling, check out patreon.com slash Roll today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.